Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. After All These Years by Layla Harrison on Gossamer. Rating Explicit. Chapter 10. Mrs. Scully. The funeral day dawned bright and cold. No one even realized that it was February 14th, Valentine's Day. What a horrible day for a funeral. There was no visitation. Only a short service at the local church. Sam looked like a little angel, wearing the green dress I had bought for her for Christmas. Dana sat in the front pew, Joe in the pew across from her, and Fox at her side. It filled me with a small sense of relief to see that they had come together for this important day. After the funeral, we all went to the cemetery for the burial. I rode with Dana, Fox, and Joe. The ride over was silent. None of us were crying. We were just silent. At the cemetery, we all gathered around the small hole that they had dug in the ground for the tiny coffin. I had not seen Dana cry when they had closed it earlier at the church. Her face now was stoic and brave, although I could tell that she was having a hard time keeping up that front. After the minister spoke, Joe placed a single white rose on top of the already flower-laden casket. He went to Dana, held her for a moment, and then left. Fox moved forward. His eyes were now brimming with tears. He laid a red rose on Sam's casket. I saw his lips move, but I was unsure of what he was saying. He stepped back and wiped his eyes, and Dana moved forward. She was trying so hard to be strong. Oh, my sweet daughter, I thought. It's all right not to be able to be strong. She placed her own red rose atop the one fox had just put on the casket and kissed her fingertips, then pressed them to the side of the casket lovingly. It brought tears to my eyes. She moved away, turning her back on the casket as they lowered it into the ground and buried herself into the side of Fox's body. He wrapped one arm around her. I went to them and put my hand on his shoulder. I had no idea what to say to either one of them. It was obviously so exquisitely painful for them in different but similar ways. Fox took his free arm and pulled me into an embrace. I hugged him back tightly. February 20th, 2001, Washington, D.C. Scully. Mulder and I had agreed that I would stay at his apartment, but I made sure that he understood that I was making no promises about anything. He nodded his head. It felt strange to be back in the D.C. area. Mulder's building looked exactly the same. We went up the elevator and he unlocked his apartment, still carrying my suitcase. The rest of my things were packed up in Greenwich, and I was going to have them shipped to me as soon as I knew where I was going to be living. The boxes of Sam's things that I had given to Mulder had already been shipped back and were waiting, thanks to UPS, in front of his apartment door. I can already warn you, it's a bit of a mess. It's the cleaning lady's century off, he told me. Embarrassment touching his voice. I've seen it a mess before, Mulder. Mulder carried my suitcase in and then went back for the boxes as I got a look at his apartment for the first time in five years. But I was in no way prepared for what I saw when we went into the apartment. Some of the furniture had been moved. There were papers strewn everywhere, on the floor, on the couch, on the table, on the desk. I could see into the kitchen and saw dirty dishes piled up. Clothes also littered the floor. Mulder saw my critical glance around and reddened. Maybe I should just take you to a hotel. No, Mulder, I said. Look, I'll help you clean up. I'm sure we'll get it done in no time. 
I don't know, Scully. It's been like this for a while now. My eyes filled with tears as I realized that he meant that he had been living like this since I left. Five years ago. Oh, Mulder, I thought. What did I do to you? I managed to push my tears away before he noticed. It's okay. We'll work on it. And work we did. For the next 10 hours, Mulder sorted and filed his papers while I cleaned the kitchen and the bathroom. I dusted, he vacuumed. I borrowed his car and bought groceries and filled his kitchen with food, the likes of which he probably not even seen before I left. Mulder was never one for eating in. By the time we were done, it was well past one in the morning, and we both flopped down on the couch exhausted. The apartment looked almost as it had the last time I had seen it. I'm wasted, he said, looking at me. Me too. Are you hungry? I can make you something to eat. No, that spaghetti we had around six filled me up. I just want to get some sleep. An uncomfortable silence filled the room. Sleep. The last time I had been here, we had slept together. In the bed, I always used to think Mulder didn't have. We mostly stayed at my place when we had been involved. But I can remember with clarity the last time I had slept here. I had likely already been pregnant with Sam, although I didn't know it yet. We had spent the majority of the night awake, talking, then making love, then talking again, then making love again. By the time we dozed off, it was almost four in the morning. I looked over at Mulder. He was obviously thinking the same thing I was. Mulder. Look, you can take the bed. I'll sleep out here on the couch. I don't think I've used that bed in ages, and I don't think I could get used to it now. He said. I nodded. I took my suitcase and carried it into the bedroom. Mulder followed me. If you need anything, I know where you'll be, I finished. And he nodded and left me alone in the bedroom. I contemplated shutting the door behind him and decided against it. I slipped into the bathroom and changed into a white cotton nightgown with thin straps. The gown came down just below my knees. I was exhausted from cleaning. I crawled into bed under the cool sheets and pulled the blanket up to my neck. I was asleep within minutes. Mulder. I laid out on the couch for about an hour after I heard the rustling from the bedroom stop. Unable to sleep, unable to close my eyes. There she was, in my room, in the room we had made love in five years ago, in the very bed. And there I was in the living room, on the couch. I finally got up and walked softly into the bedroom. Scully was on her side, curled up under the blanket, her eyes closed, her breathing shallow and regular. The blanket came up to her chest. I could see white straps on her creamy shoulders. Her hair was splayed out on the pillow like a fan. I came closer to her, not wanting to wake her, but needing to touch her. I stroked her forehead gently. I love you, I whispered. She stirred in bed, then opened her eyes in the darkness of the room. The only light came from the window, from where the open blinds spilled in the light from the street lamp outside. Scully. I was dreaming. A senseless flowing dream about Sam. She was running somewhere, I wasn't sure where, and calling out to me. I felt a touch, light as a feather on my forehead, and the dream slipped from my unconscious, and I moved back into awakeness. I opened my eyes and Mulder was standing over me. Hi, Mulder whispered softly. I didn't mean to wake you. It's okay, Scully whispered back. Mulder stood there in silence for a few moments. She knew what he wanted, and she knew that she wanted it as well. Do you want to climb in? She asked finally. Nice, she thought. Climb in. That's not what I meant to say. But Mulder nodded gratefully and crawled under the covers with her. 
Her body naturally curved into his as it did years ago, as if no time had passed. He wrapped his arm around her so that he was holding her fully, even though he could only see her back and the side of her face. Scully, he whispered. Dana? Hmm? Her voice was thick with sleepiness. Is it too late for us to start again? Scully turned in his embrace so that she could face him. After all this time, there they were again, forehead to forehead, face to face. No, she whispered. I'd like to. Me too. And they kissed each other, tentative at first. Lips touching, coming together softly, gently. Mulder ran his hand down Scully's back. She sighed, whispered his name, kissed him more passionately. He pressed his body close to hers, feeling her body arch in response. She sighed again and her lips parting slightly to let him in. Mulder ran his hand over the soft nightgown she was wearing, feeling the warmth of her shoulders that were uncovered, feeling her legs wrap around his. He closed his eyes. It was a bliss that he thought he would never have felt again. After everything, this is where they both wanted to be, needed to be, together. They would always carry with them the memories of what had happened, and they were not the same people as they were when they had fallen in love with each other so many years ago. They were older now, and wiser, but they were together. After all the years that had gone by, they both knew, with the certainty that comes along once in a lifetime, that together was where they needed to be, forever. The end. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember... The stories are out there.